the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Who is to lead God's church? And what are those qualifications? What should that person look like? These are questions we hope to answer this week on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our series is simply entitled, Why Church? And along with that series comes a series of questions, one of them being, who is to lead God's church? And to answer that, we need to come up with a few qualifications for that person. Welcome to Truth For Today, our weekend broadcast coming to you from Valley Bible Church right here in Hercules. We would invite you to join us today as we seek to answer the question, who is to lead God's church? With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, our teacher and pastor is Pastor Phil Howard. I want to look at three things today about leadership. There's so much to be said. Uh, I want to look at the character of those that should lead. Two, their competence. What skills do they bring? that we need. And the third thing is uh, the concern that they have care, a divine given care for the people of God. Uh, I just think about leadership. I read this, real leaders are in short supply on any level, any organization, government, PTA, whatever. But when you come to God's church, now in the early church, leadership was a little less challenging because they were house churches. Okay? To lead a house church of 40 people is a little bit different than leading a congregation of 1,000 people, including our children. A little bit different? How are you folks doing leading your home? And you've only got what? There's four of you, five of you. And, and some of you have chaos on that level. And so then let's just keep multiplying it. Let's keep getting bigger. So every opinion, every viewpoint, every need. So it, it gets much more challenging. Uh, but I was just thinking most people uh, that emerge into leadership didn't go looking for the job. David wasn't looking to be the next king of Israel. He didn't go looking for the job. God came looking for him. Um, let's see. Let's go on through. You know what? Solomon was born to it. So he got it. But uh, you go, even Saul. Saul wasn't looking. Uh, he was hiding out among the baggage. He was scared to death. He said, I only take care of donkeys for my dad. He was out collecting stray donkeys when he was looked up by Samuel and said, no, you're going to be the king. Uh, Paul wasn't looking 
Paul was, his ambition was to kill Christians. And God said, I want to make you an evangelist, an apostle to the nations. Uh, listen to what uh, A.W. Tozer said about men in the church. Usually their ambition is not to lead. They just want to serve. They just want to do something to help. But they emerge into leadership, which let's make leadership real simple. It's not a title. It's not any of that. It's having influence for God. Influence for God. Uh, Listen to what Tozer said. A true and a safe leader is likely to be one who has no desire to lead. And is forced into a position by the inward leading of the Holy Spirit and the press of circumstances. Isaiah went to church to worship, as it were, and the Lord said, who will go for us? And he said, here am I. He didn't go there to run for the office of being the leading prophet and talking about the Assyrian invasion and about Babylon. He didn't go looking for it. Jeremiah said, why did you call me? I'm but a child. Jeremiah 1.5. I'm not looking for it. Leave me alone. But what about Moses? What was he doing? He's taking care of a bunch of sheep out in the desert. You would think that would be immunity from service. You better watch out for the bushes you hang around. Because there's liable to be an I am in it. And Moses got to praying. Why don't you set God's people free? And God said, I've got an answer. I'm going to use you. Oh, no. I said, you set them free. He said, I'm going to do it through you. And that he wasn't looking for that job. You see, true leadership or God called, God appointed, God directed. So, there was hardly a great leader from Paul to the present day, but was drafted by the Holy Spirit for the task. And commissioned by the Lord to fill a position he had little heart for The man who is ambitious to lead is disqualified. Jeremiah told Barak, Seekest thou great things for thyself? Seek them not. The man who is ambitious to and has no desire to lord it over God's heritage. The true leader has no desire to be over people, but will be humble, gentle, self-sacrificing, And altogether ready to follow when the Spirit chooses another to lead. Uh, William Bankster wrote a terrific book on preaching. Was a profound voice in Methodism in England. He writes this in his biography. This is the will of God for me. I did not choose it. I sought to escape it. But it has come. Something else has come too. A sense of certainty that God does not want me only for a preacher. He wants me also for a leader. I feel a commissioning to work under God for the revival of this branch of his church, Methodist Church. Careless of my own reputation, indifferent to the comments of older and jealous men, I am 36. If I am to serve God in this way, I must no longer shrink from the task, but do it. I've examined my heart for ambition. 
I'm certain it is not there. I hate the criticism I shall evoke and the painful chatter of people. Obscurity. Quiet browsing among books. Books are sort of harmless. And the service of simple people is my taste. But by the will of God, this is my task. God help me. Bewildered and unbelieving, I hear the voice of God say to me, I want to sound the note through you. Oh God, did ever an apostle shrink from his task more? I dare not say no, but like Jonah, I would fain run away. St. Francis of Assisi was being asked what time. Why do people listen to you? Why do people follow you? And he, he responded, You want to know? It is because the eyes of the Most High have willed it so. He continually watches the good and the wicked. And as his most holy eyes have not found among sinners any smaller man nor any more insufficient and sinful, therefore he has chosen me to accomplish the marvelous work which God hath undertaken. He chose me because he could find none more worthless, and he wished to confound the nobility and the grandeur, the strength, the beauty, and the learning of this world. That's why I'm in his service. Who will lead God's people? Who should lead God's people? Well, let's start with the character search. When we go looking for a candidate, do we look for one with charisma or for someone with character? Uh, It'd be real nice if you can get both. I don't know why so many of us have to be so uh, boring. And he said, well, only God have them. Anybody that boring, God would have had to do the choosing. You know, can't you have both? Could you smile? Could you be, could you like people? Could you be people attractive? And I mean, I like that even if you're a pagan. What about in the church? I just look for warm people. I look, when I look for a leader, I look for a guy. He seems like he likes folks. He seems to like what he's doing. He said, move over, I'm God's man. I'm miserable about it, but I'll do it. No, no. But you've got to start with character. And you hope in the character, he might like people. It's a bonus. But let's look at Exodus. Let's see what happened in the character search. Jethro tells Moses, you're doing too much. You need help. And he told him, he needed to get some men to help him. And in verse 21 of Exodus 18, he says, Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and of tens. So they had a character profile. Able. They were able to judge, make sound decisions. They're men who fear God. And they're men that you can trust. 
and you can't pay them under the table to lie and corrupt justice. Look, if you will, in the early church, when the widows were being neglected and the apostles were being tempted to always settle widow spats and take them away from prayer and the word and their priority, they said these widows need to be cared for. We need to get help. And so in verse 3 of chapter 6, Acts, he says, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, good reputation. That, that means they were known. Full of the Spirit. How would you know if they were full of the Spirit? Fruit. Love. Joy. Peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control, faith, and I'm forgetting one, but long-suffering, I believe. That's the one I'm the weakest on. So I try to forget it. Uh, Full of the Spirit and of wisdom. They're known for being wise men. How would you know a wise man? Well, he makes wise decisions. Where did he learn to make wise decisions? He made a lot of wrong ones. He's learned life, and the Spirit has taught him to be wise. Uh, And they're men of good repute, Spirit-filled, wise. Appoint them to this duty. And so if we went on a search in this church, we want you, you are known for being a man full of the Spirit. You're known as a wise man, not a wise acre. Not a smart aleck, but a wise man. Does God have any in this place? Okay. Men of good repute. So there was a brief character profile. Now let's go to First Timothy chapter 3. Uh, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office or the function of an overseer, our word bishop, because of different church governments, the word gets messed up, but it's one who oversees or superintends. The office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, remember, in the early church, there were house churches, so I'm assuming uh, 25 to 50 people, maybe, uh, whatever that house could hold. Uh, They were the first that were martyred. It was unusual if they were paid. They were told to be paid, but it, it wasn't much. And it was unusual if they did get paid. Oftentimes, they were tent makers. They were, they had another job, bivocational. And so they, they, they loved a noble task, and they were willing to do it. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. That is, nothing can be said about them that can be proven that they are, you know, anyone can be accused, anyone could be perceived as imperfect, but they're, they're above board in their dealings with other people and in their they're known. Uh, they're above overall reproach. Nothing, you know, they're not getting ready to be served a warrant for being a crook. Uh, they have proven character. 
he goes on to say, they must be the husband of one wife. Uh, some, there's about four or five major views. One says they shouldn't be a polygamist, and uh, I'm all for that. Uh, and I can only afford one. But anyway, he says we don't want that. Two, some say it's a demand they be married. Can a single man pastor? Probably, I think so, biblically. Uh, uh, John Stott in London has pastored for years. Outstanding ministries now with the Lord. But never married. Was a pastor all of his life. But if they, the, the big emphasis is not that they have to be married. But if they are married, they're caught up with one woman. One woman. Uh, some say a divorced man could never uh, serve in the church. And uh, the view is if you've ever been divorced, uh, you're disqualified from serving. Now, there's difficulties with that view, but there's men uh, that take it. Charles Riley and different ones that say, no matter what you did when you were unsaved, the unsaved years count too because you still got the reputation. So they just say, you're eliminated from ever officially serving in the church. We understand it, uh, looking at it. There's a, a present tense. They must be, INA, a present infinitive in the Greek that says, they must be in this state at the time they're considered by the church. They must have proven in the eyes of the congregation that they have become a one-woman kind of man. That is, eyes for only one woman. That's their wife. They're, they're known as being non-flirtatious. I would say known for being safe with women. That uh, there's no misbehavior. No, uh, they must be a one-woman eyes for one kind of man. So we understand a man could have been divorced. A man could have done a lot. Because to be a uh, Gentile pastor, if you were at Corinth, if you were at Ephesus, you grew up as a pagan at the temple, which immorality was a part of the religion. Uh, promiscuity was a way of life. I mean, they often uh, went naked. They sure ran naked in the Olympics. They thought nothing of uh, moral boundaries. Uh, it was a pagan, pagan culture. So for man to come to Christ was to gain morals, was to gain, to get rid of his mistress because the, the, the way they did it, you married for children because you didn't want your children to be illegitimate, but you had a mistress for fun. That was a part of the culture. It was a part of Rome. It was a part of Greece. So immoral, immoral, immoral. To get a man to ever come to be known as, I'm a one-woman kind of man. That was unique and set apart. And he said, he must come to be that kind of a man. A one-woman kind of man. He must be sober-minded. Not intoxicated by wine, drugs, or unsound thinking. Self-control. Uh, respectable. I like that word respectable. It's from the word for cosmetics. He must be put together right. He mustn't, he mustn't look like he fell off a dump truck. Uh, 
He, he ought to be put together right. Uh, I, I think the way he runs it. Uh, does he ever cut his lawn? If you don't, at least hire somebody to do it. Uh, I mean, I, some people, I wouldn't want anyone to know he claims anything. I mean, are you a respectable kind of man? Do you take care of yourself? Do you carry yourself respectfully? And or people say, this is my pastor. And say, would you come in the back door? I don't want anyone to see you in the front door. No, no, no. You got to be a man of dignity. Whatever. I know it looks different in all of us. Please, no comments. Uh, hospitable. He must love strangers. That was a requirement in the early church. Today, we have to say he must be willing to take you to Denny's. See, in the early church, a motel was a brothel. So when Christians were fleeing or when they were moving into an area, they needed housing. And if the bishop, if the leaders of it, if you didn't house them, they could be in unsafe places. And so you brought in strangers, uh, probably saints fleeing for their life. But your home was a part of loving of strangers. So he said they need to be able to teach, uh, handle the word of God. He said study to show yourself an approved workman, Second Timothy 2.15. Rightly handling the word of God. You cannot have biblical dummies leading the church. Because you've got to have them smart enough, according to Titus 1, that they can refute gainsayers, Judaizers, people trying to put us under law and corrupting us with demonic doctrines. You must be biblically, theologically astute to stand up against the errors of that day and the errors of our day, which are many times demonic doctrines. So you cannot be putting dummies in the office of overseers of churches. And if any man's too lazy to know the word, please don't promote him to be over the people of God. Because I don't want uh, you to be under the authority. You know, when we started this church, we had congregational meetings and we were ruled by Robert's rules and orders. And we went on that for about a couple years and then finally said to the board, I'm tired of Robert. I don't even know him. I said, I'm under the New Testament. And don't make any more legislation for me. Legislate all you want. You do it. I got the new covenant. It's taken all of me to keep the New Testament. Are we doing that? That's enough legislation. And that came right from the hand and court of heaven. Jesus doesn't measure us by Robert's rules and order. He measures us by the New Testament. Are you doing what I told you? Are you running it that way? Well, put up with my tangents. Uh, not a drunkard. Uh, he really said, not one who tarries by the wine long. They were drinkers of wine. He told Timothy to take wine in chapter 5 because of his stomach ailments. Remember, they did not, did not grow up with water treatment plants. And amoebic dysentery was very common. Wine 
with a little alcohol was helpful for their health. So he tells them to do that, but not to be drunks. Uh, he, he must be one that uh, uh, is not quarrelsome, he's gentle, he's not violent, pugnacious, uh, not a lover of money. Uh, I love what Joe Lewis said. He said, I don't love money, but it sure does soothe my nerves. Uh, it, it, does, it is nice to be able to pay the rent. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if somebody does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's children? And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855 833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.